Grab your Bibles and keep standing. There you go. There you go. I'll let you sit down in just a moment. I have to stand the whole service, so you can stand for a few minutes. We'll be all right. If you have your Bibles, Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to pick up where Rev Dev left off a couple weeks ago. I asked last week if there were any 90s babies in the house. Any, anybody that grew up in the 80s? Anybody grew up in the 80s? Okay, take you back even further. Okay. So, in the 80s, my father was an evangelist. And, and in particular, one time, I think it was Reverend Jerry, was it Ralph Hart Church that was in Detroit? Ralph Hart? We were in Detroit, Michigan, and the area of this church was, was seedy at best, okay? It was just bad. It was a bad area where this church existed. And I remember on, on our way to church one night during a revival that my, my father was preaching at, I barely remember this, but I remember walking past the alleyway by the church, and I remember seeing a man and a woman engaged in something I probably shouldn't have been seeing at that age. Maybe a little Rahab from last week, maybe. Okay, maybe a little something like that. Yeah. And I just remember as I, as I kind of was like, what is going on, Daddy? Here's what my daddy said to me. He said, just keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> just, just keep walking. Can I tell you, every time I'm in a hurry at Walgreens, I already know my kids want to stop in the candy section. But I'm in a hurry. So I'm just, just keep walking. Joshua chapter 6. My point is this. Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. But the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have already given, I've already delivered Jericho, its king and all of its strong warriors into your hands. March around the city with all the armed men circling the city one time. Do this for six days. So walk around this massive city six times once a day right so once for six days we're circling this massive city can i tell you this sometimes in order for us to be victorious god will tell us to do something that just looks ridiculous show of hands in here if god has ever promised you something but you don't possess it yet i've been promised something but i don't possess it yet and, and what do you do when it feels like God, I'm walking with you, but I'm just, I'm just walking in circles. God, I, I, I'm walking with you, but I keep walking into obstacles. Tiana, like, like that lady, give me that, give me that. How many feel like your walk with God feels like this? Come on, somebody, she ain't done yet. No. Oh, victory. Here's what I want to do. I, I want to speak to those people here today that have been walking, but you feel like it's time you need to start quitting. Can I encourage you just for a moment? Let me encourage you with this. Even when it feels like your prayers aren't working, even when it feels like your giving isn't working, even when it feels like all the serving you've been doing isn't working, I need you to know that God is still at work. Somebody take a moment right now and just tell your spirits, 
if God is still working, then I can keep walking. Even if I keep running into an obstacle, if God is still working all things together for my good, then I can keep walking. I believe here today, if you would just heed what the nation of Israel did, and you just gotta keep walking, six days and nothing has happened, but just keep walking. Would you gently just shove somebody next to you and tell them, just keep walking. Just keep walking. If they got mad at you, good, shove them again. Because it's not time to quit, it's time to keep walking. It's time to keep moving. And let's give that name to Chiana. If you don't feel like pushing them, then do what Pastor Dewey Smith said. Pastor Dewey Smith simply said, poke your neighbor and in the eye and tell them we walk by faith and not by sight. Can I get an amen? All right, you can be seated. You can be seated today. Wow, what a violent church. <laughs> Tiana, do I have that verse actually there? Second Corinthians chapter five real quick. We walk by, thank you, faith. It's actually the uh, more modern translation actually says we live by believing, by faith. That's what this thing is about. I walk my daily life. I live it by believing, having faith in God, and not putting my faith in what I see. I think many times, we, even to this day, we still get it wrong. I'll believe it when I see it. That's not faith. No, that, that, that's just proof. Faith says, I'll never see it until I believe it. So if you are believing God to keep his word, can you say amen today? By faith. By faith, I believe God is going to do what he said he's going to do. So we've got the, this, these people, the nation walking around the walls of Jericho. And what we see here in, in verse 1, what we see in verse 1 is that they are, the, the city of Jericho is in what you call a lockdown. It's tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one is getting in. No one is, is, is coming out. So if you look at this from, I think, uh, the soldier's perspective who are walking around these walls, wouldn't it be easy when you, when you got to that, that sixth day, you're just like, man, how many more times are we going to have to do this? Nothing is happening. What, what happens to so many of us, Pastor Bethel, when, when we hear the word of God telling us to keep walking, but then we stop short? Why do we allow ourselves to, to go so far and then stop just short? Can I present you maybe three things today that I, I believe are, if you will, the reason why we stop short of God's promises. First one is this. First one, the reason I believe we stop short of God's promises is because our, our perspective gets obstructed. Okay. Let, let me put my nerd hat on because I love this stuff, and I know you, you, you get bored when I do this, but I love it, so I'm going to do it anyway. Let me show you what ancient Jericho probably looked like. Let, let's give him that image, Shiana. Ancient Jericho probably looked a little bit like this. Archaeological discoveries will show us that Jericho was a, was a fortified city. It, was, uh, it had these impregnable walls, it's, it, and, and actually a, a double wall. So you got your lower wall, you got your, your, your upper wall. And so this is probably what Joshua and the army were walking around for one time a day for, for six straight days. 
And, and this is what they're looking at. Okay. No, no weapons are thrown. No, no battle cries are, are shouted during this time. They're just walking around the enemy. And what we see here is, is, is what seems to be, a, if you will, a human impossibility. Some uh, archaeologists uh, believe that the, the walls themselves were probably at least 11 feet high and about 14 feet in width. I mean, how thick these things were. This wasn't just, you know, the drywall you put up in your basement, right? This, these things were, were, were thick. And, and when I look at this, I realize that many of us feel like we're in the same situation. Pastor, I'm facing an impregnable situation. I'm facing a walled city. I'm facing a situation that seems impossible to overcome. So can I just simply remind you here today that your God is never intimidated by impossibilities. In fact, Jesus said uh, this in, in Matthew 19, 26. He said, with men, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So let me just take a moment. Let me just change your perspective about what is possible. The Bible tells us there in, in Joshua 6 that the, the, whole, the whole reason that Jericho was, was, on, was on lockdown, why? Was because they had heard about the Israelites' God and what he could do. They heard about Yahweh. May, let, me, let me maybe present it like this. Maybe the walls in your life aren't a sign that you're not going to get in. Maybe the walls are a sign that the enemy can't keep you out. Maybe just maybe what you're looking at that seems like this is impossible, it's just the setting for God to show you that with me, nothing is impossible. This is why you need to keep walking. Because Paul taught us this in Romans chapter 16, verse 20. He said, the God of peace will soon crush Satan. Where? Under would you tell your neighbor again, just keep walking? God is going to crush him. If you will just keep walking, God will keep working, and he'll keep crushing the enemy under your feet. So, so verse 1 tells us that, that the people of Jericho were locked into their city. It was on shutdown. Nobody was getting in. Nobody was getting out. And here's what I've learned about modern Christians. Many of us as Christians, we're just satisfied with only seeing our enemies suppressed. As long as, as long as you don't mess with me, I'm not going to mess with you. So we're okay with keeping our enemies suppressed. But can I tell you that you serve a God that is never satisfied with just suppression. He's never satisfied with just containment. You serve a God that wants you to know to just suppress your lust doesn't mean you have victory over your... To just suppress your anger doesn't mean you have victory over your anger. To suppress your envy and jealousy doesn't mean you yet have victory over your envy or just I can keep going. Your criticism, your bad attitude, your racism, just because you suppress it doesn't mean you have victory over it. But I just came to tell you here today, God doesn't want you just to suppress something, which means to hold on to it. God wants you to have victory over it. And that's why the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, because what we are suppressing is still in there but the spirit of God is ready to break it at its root and set you free I need to know does anybody want more than just external walls to fall you need the spirit of God to break down the internal struggle of sin in your life 
I'm not okay with just suppressing my enemy. I want to have victory over him. Woo! Can I find a generation of young people? I don't just want to suppress those, those feelings. I want to have victory over them so that God gets the glory from my victory. Can I at least get a praying parent that says, that's what I'm declaring over my offspring? Amen. Now give me verse 2 again, Tiana. Verse 2. And I love this because this is really the key of what we were saying during our time of worship. Look at it with me. Look how God speaks to Joshua about the impending battle. He speaks to Joshua in the past tense. The battle hasn't even started yet. And God's speaking like it's already won. Woo! Can, can, I just, can I just speak to those walls that Satan has erected in your life? Those obstacles that the enemy has built to try to keep you out of God's promise? Those, those problems and people that are blocking your perspective right now that you, you have stopped short of seeing the fulfillment of God's promises. Can I tell you that God is trying to give you today what he gave to Joshua? Let's call this visionary eyes. Uh, it, for RevDev, I want to call it x-ray vision. Come on, you Superman fans in the house. I, I want the visionary eyes. What, what, what are visionary eyes? Visionary eyes means you have the faith to see it before you seize it. I'm going to do this for Miss Autumn because this is her verse. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I don't yet see. Hey, let me illustrate what I mean. When I say visionary eyes, I mean, I mean you have to have the faith to see it happen before it ever comes to pass. I had eyes to see RevDev and Dylan and Justice worshiping God before I even taught them how to play an instrument. I had faith to see you sitting in this church four years before I ever even planted it back in 2005. I need you to know here today, you're not just sitting here by coincidence. By faith, I saw you and your family getting saved, getting delivered, getting healed, getting filled with the Spirit of God. By faith, I saw it before I seized it. Visionary eyes. Oh, Lord, give me eyes like Superman. I can see those walls falling long before I ever get there. Faith to believe. Can you see with me just for a moment prophetically the Spirit of God breaking down the walls in the city of Aurora, the walls of religion and the walls of racism and the walls of hatred and the walls of violence and the walls of poverty. Can you see? Can somebody just declare with me in faith? I see it before I seize it. So I declare revival is coming to my land and I can see a move of God. While the walls are still standing. I see it before I seize it. Now give me verse 3, Tiana. Verse 3 tells us this. God says, march around the city with all the armed men. Circling, circling that city one time every day for six straight days. All right. Now, let, let's put ourselves. I'm the kind of person that I need to put myself in someone else's shoes. To see it from someone else's perspective, right? The old saying goes, you know, walk a mile in someone else's shoes, right? 
because then you'll be a mile away and you have the shoes, right? Yeah. So I'm just kidding. The, the, the point of that is, is simply this. If, if I want to see this from a different perspective, I've got to consider someone else's walk. And can, can you imagine those soldiers, literally, every day for six straight days, they're walking around this, this city. And then can you imagine being a soldier's wife? How was work today, honey? Uh, we went for a long walk. And? And nothing happened. Isn't that the way fe- that faith feels sometimes? I've decided to get my, my life in order, but nothing's happening. I, I'm, I'm trying to fix my financial situation. Nothing's happening. I, I've decided to start investing in my marriage instead of complaining about it, but nothing's happening. I, I've decided to start tithing but nothing's happening. I've been praying for a healing, but nothing's happening. I'm believing God the addiction's going to break, but nothing is happening to me. Listen to me today. If God told you to do something, but nothing has happened yet, the key word is this word called yet. You might be struggling on lap six right now, but success is not promised until lap seven. Can I tell you to just keep walking? Somebody put your hands together and let your faith know. Let your faith know. I'm going to keep walking. Keep walking. Now, biblical numerology, six, the number six. In biblical numerology, six represents the number of, of beast and man. Because God created beasts and Adam on the sixth day. The number of man, number six. The Bible tells us that man and beasts are supposed to work for six days, and on the seventh day, they're supposed to rest. The Bible tells us that the sixth commandment is aimed right at man. You shall not murder. I hope you're not planning on sticking around for this, because I won't be here. The mark of the beast, 666. The number of man etched on your forehead and on your arm. I don't plan on being around for that. You want to stick around for that, that's up to you. My point is just simply this. Whenever we see the number six, we know it is associated with the number of man. So when we see them walking six times around the walls of Jericho, what that symbolizes is our effort, our ability, our capabilities. Six times around in my power. Six times around in, in my wisdom. But can I, can I get a witness in this place? What we can't do in six, only God can do on seven. Why do we stop short of God's promises? Now, I told you because, because obstacles get in the way of our perspective. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. We also stop short of God's promises because our sound matches our situation. I'm a sound guy. I like noise. If you're going to sit in church, don't sit there and be bored. Open your mouth and say amen. There you go. Amen. It actually keeps you engaged. I promise the longer you sit there in silence, the more you're just going to nod off and drift off and can't, can't wait till lunch this afternoon. Praise the Lord. And you're missing out on the bread of life right here and now. <laughs> and, so, and so I look, I look at this, this idea of, of, of sound and, and, and I, I want to make sense of this. Our sound matches our our situation. What do do I mean exactly? Think about your own life. The reason you complain about your job is because your sound has matched your situation. Two Sundays ago, 
The reason you were either celebrating with Reverend Karina or crying with me and Aaron during the Super Bowl is because your sound matched your situation. Oh, we're getting this. We're getting this. Okay. Okay. Some of you, you don't usually cuss until somebody makes you cuss because your sound has matched your situation. And the reason some of us never see the walls fall is because God has put us in the right situation, but we're making the wrong... Now, I, I got to be clear. Silence is supposed to be for a season. To everything, there is a season. Can I just take a moment and thank God for those moments when you shut up? Woo! Those moments of silence that we all just need. There's a season for silence. Six days you will march around and say it's a season of silence. But on the seventh day, what happens? Keep reading. Thank you. Someone got that in their spirit. Verse 4, have seven priests carry seven ram's horns in front of the ark. Then on the seventh day, march around the city, not once, not six times, seven times. March around seven times while the priests blow the horns. And when there is a long blast of the ram's horn, you and you hear its sound. Have all the people give a mighty shout. Then the walls of the city will fall down flat and all your people will charge straight into the city. Rev, am I reading this right? All the army did was stay silent and then shout when they were told to. All they did was stay silent when they were told to and then shout when they were told to. And supernaturally, God caused the walls to fall. I need you to hear me right now. I don't prompt you just to shout so we can be obnoxious. I prompt you to shout because all throughout scripture, shouting is synonymous with victory. Psalms 47.1, oh clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Here's what I want to tell you today. If you are facing a big wall of Jericho, then get a bigger shout in your spirit. If you're facing a giant-sized enemy called Goliath, though you might be little like David, let your shout be bigger than you are because that giant needs to fall. Maybe you're carrying a big cross today, but just like Jesus, the last thing he said before he gave up his spirit was with a shout, it is finished. I want to let you in on a little Christian secret that Satan hopes, hopes you never, you will never learn. Here's the secret. Faith has an audible sound. It has an audible sound. What, what do I mean? Psalms 43.5, this dang shirt. It's become an obstacle that I'm overcoming in Jesus' name. <laughs> The Bible says this in Psalms 43.5. David says this. He says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why are you disquieted, uneasy, disturbed within me? 
I feel like I, uh, most of us wake up on Sunday mornings, and this should be the psalm on our lips. <laughs> that alarm clock is going off, and you're like, Lord, my soul feels downcast because my body wants to stay in this bed. I know I'm not alone. It takes me a half hour, 45 minutes sometimes just to get my kids out of bed. Hello. On the Lord's Day, when they have to get up Monday through Friday, two hours earlier. Come on, somebody. Why are you downcast on my soul? Why are you so uneasy within me? But does he stop there? Sometimes you can't let your situation dictate your sound. Sometimes you've got to tell your sound to dictate your situation. So David says it like this. He says, he says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. We've got different kind of praises in church. We've got, we got, we got the, the, the leaping praise and, and the dancing praise and the shouting praise. But every now and then you come across this kind of praise called the yet praise. That yet praise is no matter what's going on within me and around me, yet will I, yet well, I'm not trying to get you emotional. I'm trying to get you spiritual. Because right now there is something that is fighting you, something that is troubling you, something that's trying to keep you out of your promise. And David is simply trying to remind you, you still have control over the situation by controlling your sound. Yet will I praise him, my Savior and my God. Let me help you today. David is making something clear. Complaining never fixed your situation. Pouting doesn't fix your situation. Having the victim mentality doesn't help your situation. But when you decide in that moment, yet will I praise him, what you're doing is you are raising your perspective. Maybe, just maybe, that wall is too high for you to see over from where you sit. So what do we need to get in our spirit? An audible sound of faith. The audible sound of faith is something we call praise. What praise does is praise begins to raise your perspective. I can't see through the wall. I can't see around the wall. But praise causes me to ascend to another level where I can see over what the enemy has put in my way. Somebody take a moment right now and you tell this obstacle. You might be big, but I'm going to praise him anyway. Praise is the way I see over the wall. It changes my perspective. Tommy, here's what was so powerful. God gives him the instruction. He says, take the ram's, horn, ram's horns. The ram's horn is a metaphor for praise. And he also said, and he says, carry the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a metaphor, the literal or embodiment of the presence of God. So he says, take the praise and carry the presence. But notice the order. Put the ram's horns in front of. Why would we put anything in front of God's presence? Because if you really want his presence to show up. Oh, you are holy. You who inhabit the praises of your people. See, I don't want you to get stirred up in your flesh. I want your spirit to wake up for just a moment. And somebody help me put the praise 
so the presence, I said put the praise out in front so the presence can follow behind. Where will you are for just 10 seconds? Can you lift your voice and shout some praise to God so his presence can follow? On your way home today, shout some praise so his presence can follow. When your children start acting up, shout some praise so his presence can follow. When you feel like complaining at work and at school, stop and give God a praise so his presence can follow. Faith has an audible sound. It's called praise. And praise is your sound that will begin to shift your situation. Now I'm a Pentecostal boy. Pentecostals love to shout. Ah! I know my, my, my Catholics and Lutherans and Methodists in the room, even some of my Baptists are just like, dang, dude, calm down. And I can, I can blame it on being a Pentecostal boy. I can, sure. But, but here's what I need you to see. Give me, can you give me verse 5 again? Yeah. The Bible says, at God's command, he, he tells them, I'm sorry, um, going back to Joshua, chapter 6, verse 5. She had verse 5 up there, just the wrong book. And it, what, what the Bible tells us here is that God tells them to shout. But look at it. Give a mighty shout, then the walls of the city will fall. Pentecostals hear that, and we're just like, got it. Done. You just said the word, you just hinted at the word shout. I'm there. Done. But here's what I've had to learn along the way. Rev, as much as I love to shout, walls don't have ears. I've got some big ones. I have ears. What I'm saying is I had to learn the hard way that the reason some things don't fall in my life is not because I'm not shouting. It's because I stopped. I need just a little bit of help here for just a moment. Okay, maybe not a Pentecostal, you don't shout, but if you love sound doctrine... Help me for just a moment. Here's what I've, I've had to learn the hard way. With all my shouting, how come certain things aren't falling? It's because I'm too busy running my mouth. I didn't stop long enough just to listen with my ears. Why did Jesus say it multiple times and then repeat it in Revelation chapter 2, verse 11? He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. In Revelation, though, he doesn't stop there. He says what the Spirit is saying. Can I tell you today, don't ever give up your shout. And also, don't ever give up your ear to listen to what the Spirit is saying. Can I get an amen from somebody who still wants to hear God's voice? I'm tired of seeing some of you shouting at the same wall. Dancing and praising and speaking in tongues and interpreting and prophesying. The wall still stands. I'm thankful for, for, for your faith to shout, but do you have enough faith for a moment to shut up and listen? 
saying he's being harsh today, Pastor Beto. I never want us to get to a place where we think we have the power to bring the wall down. I have the faith in the one who has power to bring the wall down. So what we have here is the men of Jericho are being instructed. I can only imagine what this is like. I've walked six straight days, one time around the city. Now, on the seventh day, I've walked six more times, 12 times total. But nothing's happening. That's because we're still stuck on your sound. The number of man. Your ability. Your power. Your money. Your will. And here's what happens in this moment. God gives an instruction on the seventh time. 13 times total now, right? On the seventh time. Seventh time around on the seventh day. I want you to shout when you hear. Let the priest do their thing first. Because that's whom God speaks through. I'm going to get in trouble. So let me, just, let me just go ahead and just jump right into this. Okay. I, I know you want to tell me that you hear from God. I know you want to tell me that God is, is directing you to do something. Cool. But don't be Aaron and Miriam and come up to Moses and say what God is telling you is different than what God is telling me. Because I don't want to see you outside the camp. Was it seven days? It was only three, I can't remember now, but I don't want to see anything strike your life that you don't need in your life. God says when you hear what the priests make their sound, when you hear it, then it's your turn to let it out as well. Okay, are we good? Are we good? There's a reason why God gives us leaders, because he's a God of order. There's nothing, of, there's nothing that resembles anarchy in the kingdom of God. Aren't you grateful for that? Because you've got enough chaos going on in your world. Aren't you glad that when you step out of your world and into his kingdom, there's nothing but structure and order and things are put in place. Thank God for that. I'm sorry, I got off on, on a tangent. Let me reel it in. All right, here we go. I got 10 minutes. Reel it in. They could have stopped short at six, Dill. They could have simply said, man, six days, nothing's happened. On the seventh day, we walked six times. Nothing has happened. Let me give you this last point. Why do we stop short of God's promises? Because often our progress isn't always obvious. Absolutely. Pastor Beto, when, when, are you preparing for the marathon again this year? Have you already started running? You never really stopped, right? Are you already up to 26.2 miles though yet? You probably couldn't run that this afternoon if I asked you to, right? Probably not. Not yet. But in time, with progress, we will see the inevitable result. Anybody, did anybody start working out at the beginning of the year? Oh, shoot. <laughs> I was fasting. I was fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. Hey. Well, then I'll use that. 
you didn't see a change in your waistline in the first few days because progress isn't always obvious. Hello, somebody. But incrementally, not immediately, but incrementally over time, you begin to see a change. Some of us have kept that change. I'm working at it. Come on, he's still working on me. Aren't you grateful? Some of us are, have seen the opposite effect. And it wasn't incrementally. Come on, Ella. In just a few days, Pastor, ooh, it all came back. What's my point? Maybe, just maybe, our progress isn't always obvious. Look at what happened in, 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 in this context here. We see in verses 2 through 5 that Joshua is the only person whom God tells about his plans to destroy Jericho. The only one who hears it. Now in Joshua 6 verse 7, Joshua says to the people, proceed and march around the city. Oh, you got that? He's the only one who hears from God about how Jericho is going to be destroyed. All he relays to the people is march, march, march. But he left out a very important detail. How many times are we going to have to march? Whew. For those of you who, who are working out or have a desire to work out, well, let's at least start there. Come on, somebody. It's in the mind, pastors, in the mind. Yeah. The point is just simply this. You do five reps today. Tomorrow, push yourself to do seven. The next day, push yourself to do a little. What, what, what's, what's the point I'm simply trying to make? In, in all of that, in, in all of me just trying to go a, a little further, just, just a, a little further, what we always want to know is how much further? How many more reps? How many times do we need to march? And if I was a soldier, I'd be like, yo, Joshi, why aren't you telling me how many more times I've got to do this? Because we've done it 12 times and nothing is working yet. And can I remind you, maybe the reason it isn't working yet is because your progress isn't always obvious in your life. And I know somebody's been sitting here today and you've been wondering since the beginning of the year, maybe all the way back to 2023 when pastor declared it was my goat year. God, how many more times until I see the victory? Some of us, we don't mind walking. Uh, we, don't, we don't mind praying at first. But where's the results? Some of us, we, we don't mind giving and serving and even living pure at first. But I need to know how many more times do I need to pray and need to give and need to serve and need to stay pure before I see the results. And I'm wondering if those soldiers thought, look, we've done this so many times and nothing is happening. It's the sixth day, uh, on the seventh day, six times, and nothing is working, Joshua. And I just want to ask you this here today. Will you still do God's will, even when it doesn't seem to work for you. Will you still say, God, your, your kingdom come and your will be done, even when it doesn't seem like his kingdom is working for you? If number six represents man, the incomplete and insufficiency of man, then can I remind you, if you'll just keep walking, eventually six will turn into seven and God is going to show up. If six represents man. Biblically speaking, the number seven represents a number of completion. It's a number of totality. The seven days of creation. And God's done. 
seven days in a week. After Noah's flood, God promised never to flood the earth again. And what was the covenant of that promise? A rainbow that comprises seven colors. Every seventh year, all the Israelites' debts were completely canceled. Ooh, somebody, the IRS don't want to hear this right now, but I prophesy. Prophesy to your MasterCard and your Visa and your, and your mortgage and your student loans. Every seventh year, the nation of Israel was completely liberated from all their debts. And if they were enslaved, they were set free. The number of God. Check this out. Name and the leper dipped seven times in the river. And after the seventh time, not at six. After the seventh time, he was completely cleansed of his leprosy. Let's jump into the New Testament. Five loaves plus two fish equals 5,000 happy customers. Jesus healed seven different people on the seventh day, Saturday, when he wasn't supposed to do any work. Jesus made seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth. And he made seven I am statements. And on the cross, he made seven more statements before he died. And when you get to the final book of Revelation in your Bible, over 50 times, the number seven is there to let you know God's going to complete the thing he started in its entirety. My point is, it would be a shame for you to walk this far. A complete shame for you to pray this hard. A total travesty for you to be fighting this long just to give up just short of your promise. So here's why you can't quit. The whole process around Jericho was actually preparation. The process was preparation. If you are going through a process right now, write this down so you can prophesy it to yourself later. This process is just preparation. There's still a promise God has given you. And the process towards the promise is just preparation. What, what do you mean, Pastor? I mean what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10.36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. We used to sing a song back in the day. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. I came to tell you today, God has to prepare me for what he has prepared for me he's getting you ready the process is preparation for his promise if you're just slightly thankful today that this this process has an end game god's gonna get me where he promised then take a moment and just say thank you lord i hate the process but the process is preparation i will have everything god promised if you believe that shout amen today amen all right, I close up here. Will these walls ever fall? Yes, of course they will. But only after six days of marching and nothing moving. Yes, they will fall. You're asking, well, will my prayer ever be answered? Yes, but God wants to know today, will you keep praying even if nothing happens immediately? Will you keep serving even if no one pats you on the back and ever gives you a title? 
Well, you keep giving even if it hasn't come back to you yet. A good measure, press down, shake it together, and run it over. Keep giving because God wants to know if you keep giving, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use you as proof that I can you, I can give you more than enough, and not just give it to you so you can have it, give it to you so you can get it through you to be a blessing to someone else. I'm marching, Tommy. Nothing's moving. Let's close this up. Verse 15. Thank you. On the seventh day, I think someone just excited said I'm closing up. Amen. Hallelujah. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the city. Check it out now. As they had done before. I've done this before. And it didn't work last time. But at your word. I fished all night and caught nothing. But at your word. I've done this before and it didn't work. But at your word, I'll do it one more time. I'll go again. And here's what happened. This time, they went around the town seven times. And the seventh time around, as the priests sounded a long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people, it's no longer time to be silent. It's time to shout. For the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20 says, When the people heard the priest blow the horns, they shouted as loud as they could, and suddenly, supernaturally, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Here, If you don't catch anything else I said today at all, I just want you to get you my last point. Please write this down. Take a picture with your phone. Get this in your hearts. The outcome is always God's responsibility. But obedience is always mine. Obedience to obey. Do it one more time. Walk one more time. March one more time. Lift your hands and shout one more time. Get on your knees and pray one more time. Keep giving one more time. It is my job to obey. It's God's job to worry about the results. Can you stand your feet with me all over this room? Rev Dead said something a couple weeks ago that was profound. And I just, I'm not going to repeat it the way he said, I'm going to paraphrase it. After this victory at Jericho, the very next battle was supposed to be a rout. In fact, they didn't even send the whole army. They obeyed at Jericho, and they won. But then one man disobeyed Pastor Bethel in the aftermath of the victory. Isn't this where the enemy always tends to get us? In the aftermath of our greatest victories. I'm trying to help somebody that's on the verge of seeing something awesome. I'm just not here to encourage you to believe for something awesome. I'm here to correct you after you get what God promised.
Because after Jericho fell, a man named Achan took what belonged to God. The first always belongs to God. I'll say it again. The first always belongs to God. I'll say it four, five more times to make seven if I've got to. The first, the first, the first, the first, the first, the first always belongs to God. So he says, don't touch anything in Jericho because that belongs to me. Achan sees some, some articles that he covets and touches what belongs to God. And the very next battle, which was supposed to be an easy victory, a clean sweep, they lose that battle. Why? Because partial obedience will never produce complete victory. For those of you who are on, on, the, on the fence about this, you want complete victory? Then give God your complete obedience. Somebody say amen if that's truth. I said you shout amen if that's truth. Partial obedience will never produce complete victory. Complete obedience is the only thing that produces complete victory in our lives. I found this verse last night and I have to share this with you from Jeremiah 42 verse 6. It says, whether we like it or not, we will obey the Lord our God. Whew. I got it. That's NLT. That's not your King James, but I love that. Whether I like it or not, we will obey the Lord our God. For if we obey him, you can read, everything will turn out well for us. All over this room for just a moment. If you've heard God's command at any point in time in your life to start walking, just throw up your hand. I've heard him. I've heard him. I've heard him tell me to follow. I've, I've heard him tell me to, to walk away from things. I've heard him tell me to, to walk after him. Come on, keep your hand up. If you've heard God tell you to start this walk of faith, keep your hand up for just a moment. Then I need you to know, in spite of the obstacles that Satan has put in your place, keep walking. In spite of the sound of the situation around you, keep walking. In spite of the fact that you don't see any progress from this walk of faith, keep walking. Because it's not your job to handle the results. It's your job to just obey. So keep walking. Keep walking. Like my daddy said to me when I was a little boy, just keep walking. Just keep walking. You will see the promise of God if you just keep walking. You will see God keep his word if you will just keep believing. If you will just keep seeking. If you will just keep praying. I know you've been praying for your child. I know you've been praying for your loved one. I know you've been praying for your neighborhood and your city and maybe nothing has happened yet but you're on that sixth lap right now and the seventh day is coming. Would you just keep walking? Just keep believing. Just keep declaring. Just hold on to faith a little longer because the seventh day is coming and I need you to know by faith today if you will wake up tomorrow and every day subsequently and act like today could be the day one day you will wake up and you will be right today will be that day that god shall
shows up and supernaturally begins to work in your life. Amen and amen. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close out the service today. But as I close it, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to ask you to do this for just a moment. I'm going to ask you to consider that walking around Jericho was more than a military strategy. This was a ceremonial strategy. Think about it. It's a metaphor for the certain kind of blessings that we look for, that we desire, that only come by positioning ourselves in the right place. Positioning ourselves in the right place. Some of your blessings, I believe today, they're going to come because you've been circling that same place long enough. You've kept yourself in the right position to receive the blessing God has promised. Stay in that position. Stay right there. Stay, stay right there where God told you to stay. Because when God shows up, those walls are coming down. And here's the beauty of it. I didn't really consider this time. I read it again. How did the walls fall? They didn't, they didn't crumble and fall on the army. They fell flat. Somehow it's like modern day TNT, a demolition. It didn't fall outward, it fell flat. This is why you need to keep your position. Because some things are coming down. And if you're not in the right position, let me say it like this. Let me say, when you get out of position, you end up putting yourself in a position to be harmed. You end up putting other people in position to be harmed. But when you stay in the place God has called you to, when you stay in your position, come on, somebody, we tell you all the time, stay in your lane. I know mama told you you could sing, but we've heard you. And mama loves you so much, she don't know how to tell you otherwise. But I love you enough to tell you the truth. Stay in your lane. Because the point is this, when I get out of position, I position myself to be harmed. So what does God have to do? God has to make sure those walls fall flat. Because sometimes I do get out of position. Sometimes I do put myself in in a place where I'm not just harming myself. I'm harming the people I love. But aren't you glad you serve a God? That the thing that was meant to destroy you, God made sure it didn't even touch you. And it fell flat. The walls fell flat. Now here's how I'm going to end this service here today. Because I don't want to just end this service with just contemplating about the walls crumbling. I want to leave this place praising God that the seventh day is coming. I want to leave this place praising God that the walls are coming down. I want to leave this place with a shout of praise that simply says, God, even if I got to walk one more time, I believe you and I hold you to your word. I'm going to see what you promised. Back in the day, we used to say it like this. So I will shout with the voice of triumph. Shout with the voice.